title of today's topic is called Dangerous Grace. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Holy Spirit, have your way. This morning, I thank you, Father, in advance for what you are already doing and what you are going to do. I know, Holy Spirit, you will be revealed in a matter that only you can show up and show us how you want to be revealed. But it's always different. And we know, Father God, have your way. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. In the name of Jesus, use me as your vessel, as your instrument. Father, may your words come out of my lips this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. So grace, we've all heard the grace of God. And it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Say amen. God's grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. You ever heard that song? It's amazing. His grace is amazing. It's wonderful. It's everlasting. It's eternal. Look at the Bob's, the Bob, the Bob's, the Bible's <laughs> definition of grace. Grace in Christian theology, the spontaneous, unmerited gift of the divine favor in the salvation of sinners and the divine influence operating in individuals for their regeneration and sanctification. The old is turned new. God's grace is defined in several different ways. Some say it's God's unmerited favor, which it is. The favor of the Lord is upon us by his grace. Amen. Others say that grace is the goodness of God to undeserving people. Amen. We do not deserve what we have, but by the grace of God. Amen. He gave us Jesus Christ. He gave the, the gift of God was we didn't deserve it, but we got it because of the love that the Father has for us. Grace is what you get from God that you don't deserve. That's grace. The reason why God's grace is so incredible is because of the love that he has for us. Why did I call this topic dangerous grace? Not because grace is dangerous, but because how it has been portrayed, preached, and received by a lot of believers. Whoa, what am I talking about? I'm going to get to it there. I sum grace down in three points. First of all, God's grace has no boundaries. There's no boundaries. There's no limit to God's grace. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're at in the world, there's no boundaries. Which leads me to my second point. God's grace will take us as you are. You come as you are. Regardless of what you've ever done, however, however dirt, whatever type of dirt, whatever type of sin you committed, by the grace of God and the gift of God, by Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how dirty you are. Or what you've ever done in your past, you could come to, the, come to the Father through Jesus Christ. By God's grace, he'll take us as we are. And number three, all of us are worthy of God's grace. And the reason why we're all worthy of God's grace is because Jesus has made us worthy. Remember, 
Grace by itself isn't enough, church. What do you mean it isn't enough, Albert? Well, yeah, it's not enough because the Bible says grace through faith is what gets us saved. Through faith in what? In Jesus. You see, many people, God's grace is available for everyone. Jesus, the gift that God gave us through grace through faith, excuse me, the gift that God gave us through his grace because of his love for us, even though we didn't deserve it, not everyone goes to heaven, ladies and gentlemen. You have to have faith that Jesus died for you and he resurrected for your victory. Amen. Put your hands together if you believe that. I'm preaching. This is all good. Grace is great. The reason why it becomes dangerous is because of us. Not all of you guys, but I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. And I'm getting to a point. So many people get this confused and don't really understand the depth of God's love for us. It's dangerous how some people misuse and abuse God's grace. The dangers, people use grace to have a feel-good message every time. There's nothing wrong with feeling good. But if you're feeling good all the time and you're living this type of life that you have to make no adjustments, you better open your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get an amen? If you make zero adjustments in your life and you're living life all is well and all is dandy, oh, by the grace of God, I can do whatever I want. God gives you a license to sin now. Ooh. No, that's not the way it goes. This type of grace is extremely dangerous to all Christians who use this as their foundation. You see, God's grace is a portion of the whole thing. I'm getting somewhere. More than just being free from what we deserve, which is we were supposed to be internal damnation. We were supposed to be, we weren't supposed to be where we are. God's grace is meant for more than just your freedom from the bondage of slavery. Remember before we were slaves to sin through the blood of Christ, we're free. More from being free than what we deserve, more than, more than just us to be in eternal life with Christ, with God when we, when we leave this earth. There's more than just being victorious here on earth. There's so much more than just grace. You see, grace is what gets you free through faith in Christ. Now what? Look what it says here. Listen to this. To be grace-centered now seems to have been manipulated by many pastors and believers, whether they preach it intentionally or not. Your foundation as a believer cannot be solely based off the grace of God. Now that you're saved, now that you're free, you're out of prison. Let's pretend you're in prison. I'm going to tell you a story. Check this story out. So you guys can see what I'm talking about. Are you with me? Say amen. Let's pretend tomorrow, let's pretend we're all in, in a jail cell right now. And tomorrow the bailiff is going to come, the executioner, let's say. 
Because what we deserved was to be in eternal damnation. That's what we deserved. Obviously, Jesus was our substitute. Amen. You guys know the story. And through him, we're saved. Amen. Praise the Lord for what he did for us. You're in prison. And the very next day, you're waiting your, your, your death sentence to sit in the electric chair. The next day, when it's your day to be fried in the electric chair, really, because that's what happens. You get cooked up in the electric chair or hung, however you want to put it. The executioner comes and tells you, you're free. Someone took your place. Praise the Lord. Give yourself a round of applause because that's exactly what happened. Now, where am I getting at? Now, you leave. You're super grateful. You're free. You're not going to, you don't have to now go through the, you're, you're not going now to the pits of hell anymore because someone became your substitute. By the grace of God, he gave his son for us. So now, this is the happiest day of your life. You've been free. You're, you're, you're out of jail. Someone took your place. I'm ecstatic. I'm filled with gratitude. Praise the Lord. You will have tears of joy. You'll be extremely thankful. Amen. And that's great. And we continue to be thankful, praise the Lord, for what Jesus did for us constantly. A year goes by and you'll still have this appreciation for what, what occurred. Five years goes by. I'm not condemned. I'm not going to die. No condemnation. No death. Praise the Lord. 20 years later goes by. 30 years later goes by. If that's your main focus, then you're missing out on the bigger picture. What am I saying? You live your life the whole time based off this one thing. You will be limited. You see, the grace of God, he, God doesn't only want you to focus on what he took you out of. He also wants you to focus on where you're supposed to go. Because if all you're doing is focus on what you're freed from, which is amazing, praise the Lord, but there's things you need to do here. You can't have this thing, you can't have your mind all the time saying, people will tell you you're loved, you're accepted, you're forgiven, and amen, you are accepted, you are loved, you are forgiven, but there's more. There's more. You always be forgiven. No condemnation. Amen. There is no condemnation. But I'm not going to base my foundation of my Christian life based off that. Because all day you're going to say, oh, I'm accepted the way I am. I can, this is the way God made me. Zero adjustments. You see, this is a different type of word. And I want you to understand that the grace of God is incredible and it's important, but it can't be your foundation of your whole Christian walk. Because if you think like that, you won't make the necessary adjustments and you'll be telling yourself, it's all good all the time. It is good all the time, but listen, you can't plan a repentance. 
What do you mean repentance, plan of repentance? I'm getting in some people's faces right now because this is true. Sometimes when you feel like you can do whatever you want, oh, I have a license to, to now I can, I'm free. I'm no condemnation. God accepts me how I am. And what happens with that type of message is that people don't make adjustments to that, uh, to that type of preaching. It's all true. I'm not saying not to be thankful to God, but God expects more of us. There's a reason for God's grace is where I'm getting at. There must be more. Justification by faith is a means to something greater. Forgiveness of sins is a means to something greater. Redemption from slavery is a means to something greater. Forgiveness of sins is a means to something greater. Redemption from slavery is a, is a means to something greater. Escape from hell is a means to something greater. Ultimately, what's the more and greater is found in 1 Peter 3, 18. Put it up for me. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. The ultimate greatest thing, the reason for the grace is for you to be one with God. Can I get an amen? amen. With God, to bring us for, to, to God. That's the reason for all of it. And sometimes we don't understand it. We have to have an ongoing personal relationship with God. That's the reason for the grace. Can I get an amen? amen? It's to bring us to God, to see God, to know God, to have God as your companion, to reflect God here on earth. That's what this is about. And yes, I'm not badging or demoting God's grace, but I'm letting you know that the principal foundation of why God does everything he does is so that you, the reason why Jesus died is to bring you to God. Give yourselves a round of applause. And it becomes dangerous when all the time we think, and now the reason what happens is when you get closer to God and you have that relationship to God, everything was done, obviously, because he loved us. But now that you're realizing, wow, all this is because I want to be, it's because God wants me to be one with him. God wants me to have a relationship with him. God wants me to reflect him here. Listen, this is the bottom line. I'm going to keep on preaching because this goes to this. It just gets deeper. Getting out of jail or escape. Let's say this. Escaping hell. Let me put it back. It is a million times better to go to heaven than to be free from hell. Say that again. It is a million times better to get into heaven than to be freed 
from the bondage of hell than to escape hell. And there's a difference. Why? Because God is there. It's a million times better to be in the presence of God. And it's good that I got escaped from the from the from the gate from, from hell. God took me out of hell, but it's way better to be in heaven where my God is. And obviously, it's not a time to go to heaven yet. Please don't take that too personally, church. But you understand what I'm saying. So that's what your focus needs to be on. Not all the time this, which is good to preach it. I'm not saying that. But I am saying the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose is for you and God to be one. Right there. Jesus died to bring you to God. Glory. Dangerous grace preaches you don't need to do anything more because everything's already done. Everything is already done, but we need to do something as Christians. We're called to do something. You see, we received the Lord. We got free from all this. Now we're going to be one with God. We're not going to go to the pits of hell. We're already free. We don't have condemnation. Praise the Lord. God's grace is amazing. I get it. Great. But that's not our ultimate goal. Once again, it's to be with God. But what happens is sometimes people will tell you that your works are filthy rags. And that is true. Your works are filthy rags in order for you to think you can get into heaven for doing good deeds or whatever that you do. The only way to get to heaven to the Father is through Jesus. Period. Let's get that straight, clear. Now you're free from prison. Now what? Now what? We got to do something. The dangerous grace will tell you, no, you don't need to do it. Everything's already done. It doesn't tell you what you need to do in Matthew 18, 19. It never tells you to pluck your eye out. And obviously, we're not talking about physically plucking your eye out, but look what this says. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into the fire of hell. It never tells you to pursue the holiness of God. Pursue the holiness of God. It tells you, pursue the holiness of God. It doesn't tell you that. Everything's already done. You don't need to do anything. Nah. Chill. My Bible tells me, Luke 13, 24, strive to enter through the narrow gates. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able this dangerous grace preaching, and I know that all of us here are going to be awoken from it. And I know the Holy Spirit of God told me to preach this. And I know you were receiving something this morning. Praise the name of Jesus. It only preaches grace that pardons, not grace that empowers. It preaches grace that forgives our sins, not grace that kills our sin. I want to be forgiven, but now I got to take action, believe in God that all my flaws, those sins, they're going to be out of my life for good. Can I get an amen, church? Come on, clap your hands. Clap it. I mean, come on, put your hands together. Amen. We have a duty as a body of Christ to do something, not just to sit around 
and say that everything's all good. No, we're called for more. We have a responsibility to do more. We have a responsibility to obviously preach this word and this message of grace. Because through grace, by faith, we're saved. But now that we're saved, we got to do something. We just can't sit on that. No, we got to be in communion with God. Look at the whole, look at this. I want to read this. These three verses, I'll read them quick. Romans 8, 4. In order for that righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Colossians 1.22 says in the English standard, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. It's unfortunate, but sometimes the enemy knows how to manipulate the word of God. Sometimes people only take pieces of what they want. Even with God's word, the enemy can manipulate, believe it or not. The devil really has no other option sometimes because it depends what happens. Not, not everybody falls on the same trap, but the devil is a liar. Read your Bible by yourself, please. You can take my word for it, but no, it's better for you to go and read it yourself. Because God will reveal this to you. He will show you. Because sometimes the devil manipulates us. And then by ignorance, whether we know it or not, intentionally or unintentionally, I pray to God there's no one doing this intentionally. That'll be horrible. But sometimes people do do this. They preach this such feel-good message so you don't make any adjustments. And that's not good. That's not what God intended. Because when you're one with God, there's going to be flaws that you have. The point is to get to God. So when you have that intimacy with God, he's going to show you things that you need to make adjustments. Because he's pure and holy and we are not. But through Christ we are. But there's adjustments and there's a reason why Paul says we need to crucify our flesh. Give yourselves a round of applause. We need to do something. We can't just sit around. God has called us for something more and greater. Don't allow the enemy to confuse us. He'll use God's word to do it. Because he'll take a piece of that and tell you, it's okay. You're going to be forgiven anyway. Just ask for forgiveness later. You can't plan a repentance. You can't fool God. You don't have a license to sin now. That's not what this is about. With all the confusion going on in the world, please, as believers, we need to do our due diligence. We have a duty. And it's nice to feel good sometimes and accept it, but I know that I know that my God said that there will be storms, that there will be adversaries. There's going to be times where you may not feel good. Don't create your own belief system. Don't sugarcoat God's word. Don't sugarcoat God's word. Look what it says in 1 Peter 1.16. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Yeah. Yeah, that's in order. 
be holy for I am holy. That's in order. God's holiness means that he is so separate from all the ordinary, by the way, just so you know. He's in his own stratosphere. Our holiness derives from him. Praise the Lord. We are called to be in harmony with God. Not to be conformed by the things of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The unholy desires flow from ignorance, believe it or not. Because you don't know what you don't know. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. We're called to live in holy conduct. And why is that? Well, because God bought it. How did he buy it? When Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid a price for you so that now you may live in this world a holy life pleasing to God. Glory. I want you all to stand to your feet. Praise the name of Jesus. The reason for grace, the grace of God, is so that we can have a personal relationship with him. Not so we can live our life and do whatever we want. Now, we are free. Free through Jesus. But we are called to do more. We're called to make an impact in this world. And we're called to be holy as God is holy because you and God are one. And the reason why all this comes down to boil down to all this, because obviously when you get, when you get to, to, look what it says here, 2 Peter 3. Verse 9, hallelujah. Have you guys been receiving something this, this morning? Are you receiving something this morning? I'm not here to try to bring you down. I'm here to wake you up. I want you to wake up. And I don't want you to be lied to anymore. In this church, you're not going to receive a sugar-coated message of God. We're going to tell you how it is. Because too many things are happening in this world. Too many people are suffering. Too many people are, are, are confused and lied to. They just want to feel good. Which is nice to feel good. But guess what? I'm trying to be good with my God. I'm not trying to feel some temporary satisfaction. I want an eternal one. I want real change. I want the power of the Holy Spirit in every area of my life. With my home, with my family, with my peace, with my money, with it all. With my friends and the relationships I have, I want to reflect God. And that power comes from the spirit of the living God. And when you're one with God, and look what it says here, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not wishing that any you should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The 
problem with the dangerous grace is that people think that they have no problem at all and they never get to that part right there. If you think that you're not doing anything wrong all the time, you think that you're always good and always accepted, you're not going to repent. John the Baptist, every time you see him, you read about him before he baptized Jesus, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. I'm going to make a sermon. Week one, repent. Next week, repent. Week three, repent. Week four, repent. When are you going to stop preaching about repent? Until you repent. Glory be to Jesus. <laughs>